morning on this Monday, March 9th, 2020. Little message that uh, lately I've been, uh, as I study the Word of God, to know uh, God and to learn more of His about who God is through Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit and learn His voice so that I may live, so that I may know Him. That's what eternal life is, as John 17, 3 uh, pretty much says, um, that eternal life is to know God. That's what we're going to be doing for eternity. We're going to know God even more face-to-face intimately. Now we can only receive just a bit of them. We can only take in these flesh, temporary fleshly temples, fleshly bodies. We can only receive so much because they're finite. But in eternity, they'll, they'll get these bodies will get renewed. They'll be resurrected and they'll be changed at the twinkling of an eye. And one day, real soon, into new bodies, one like Jesus Himself. Um, right from the beginning, way back in Genesis, um, the book that I've been. Um, Actually, a man of God, awesome man of God. Uh, uh, a. W. Tozer was a pastor and a preacher and a minister. God, uh, through a couple of his books out there, he actually knew God. I say knew because he died in 1963. Now he really knows God. Um, he grew to the point where, when he was born again, he knew God. In fellowship with him intimately that is the purpose that we were created uh, he had an interesting quote saying you are a mayor of the almighty and this is the reason you were created in the first place we were created to know him and to be in his image Remember, um, the only true and living God is found in three persons the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit but it's one God it's three characteristics like and they manifest themselves according to those characteristics um, Jesus Christ is the one we look at God made the, na- made the name of Jesus Christ to be above every name as it says over Philippians uh, chapter 2 I believe um, well lately one of his quotes has brought me to um, Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes was written by the son of David, King David. Um, he was the second, well, third king actually behind Saul, but um, the second chosen king. He asked God wisdom so that he could lead his people. God gave him wisdom, plus he gave him riches and wealth. The same riches and wealth, he took his eyes off the only true and living God and off the wisdom of God and turned it to his own wisdom. Um, he wrote down the, he was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write down these words. There are three areas that we all focus on, most of it at different magnitudes, obviously, that we so foolishly look at, look for today. That is our work, what we're doing for labor, to become educated, 
Dang, gotta bring the kind of the grudge. Oh, sorry about that little side note there. Uh, the pleasures of life and the thrills of life. Similar, those last two are similar, but just a little bit different. Um, first I'm gonna briefly describe what was in the testimony of, um, Brother uh, Tozier had once said basically facts about work. Now, yeah, we are commanded to work. We are not commanded to lean on a government program to be friggin' lazy. Now, when we age, there's not a lot of work that we can do. Then we get we, we can figure, um, oh, we're entitled now. We worked for 50, 60 years of our life out there. Now we can just relax. No. Moses did the work of God from birth until death. As honest, now, honestly, if we look at the end of Deuteronomy, um, everybody can say, well, you know, our eyes begin to fade when we get old, our body may begin to wear out. Yes, our body gets wear out. You know, our hearing may go. Moses, it says clearly in the Word of God, believe it or not, his eyes never were once dim, which means he didn't lose his the clarity of his eyesight. That was amazing, considering he was 120 when he died. Uh, or I think it was 120. I think it was 120. I had to go back and look. It's a Deuteronomy. Uh, and his hearing was not dull. The priest Eli in First Samuel chapter three says clearly his eyes begin to grow dim because he took his eyes off God Himself. And put it on the work of religion. Cause he was a priest. He work of, you know, doing the temporary work that pointed towards God and actually pointed towards Jesus. Some people could ignorantly say, uh, what are I talking about? Jesus wasn't mentioned in the Old Testament. Why don't you try knowing God and become born again? You will see that Jesus was there before the foundation of this earth. When it was all created by God by His voice. Cause both the Old and the New Testament point towards Jesus Christ. That's the Word of God. To know the, the Bible, which is the Word of God, and to not know God, it's like almost useless. I was I must say almost because the scriptures, the Bible that we have, the sixty six books, um point they speak about who God is, not who I am, not who you are, not who your pastor is, not who you wanna be. It's they point towards and they speak about God and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. In his plan. Period. Any other interpretation of that. Is from Satan himself. The father of lies. He was once our father. Until we are born again. Then he stops. And we leave him. We we realize. He's a liar. And we walk away from him. We run away. Matter of fact we run. God takes us away and he takes us back. We were created by God, but we're not all children of the only true living God until we are born again. We don't become children and co-heirs in Christ. And uh, Jesus Christ don't become our Lord and Savior until 
by the power of the Holy Spirit, we are born again. It's another story for another time. So, little fallacies about work. What are we working for? Are we doing the work that God has, whether um, we are janitors, accountants, bookkeepers, tax professionals, truck drivers, pastors, um, teachers? We can go down the whole list. I'm not going to be stupid enough to do that. Uh, and we're going on forever. Whatever talent that comes from God, are we doing it just to make money? Are we doing it just to have things? That's just like, that stuff is just short range focus. It never brings anything long range. We can work, what are we working for? We working to have a house? Don't we know after like 10 or 15 years, that house is going to wear out. The roof's going to wear out. We can say, well, there's a roof out there that could last 30, 40 years. Okay, it's only 34 years. Are you positive your life's going to be 30, 40 years? James reminds us, James 4 reminds us, our life is a vapor. It's only here for a short time. So we're focusing on our work just to have an overpriced house so the person prior to us can walk away with more money in his or her pockets, which is also wasteful. Then we're focused, then we're focused over in Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and 2. Look at the possessions in chapter 2 that Solomon accumulated. He enlarged his work. He built houses for himself. <clears throat> he planted vineyards for himself. He made gardens Let's say it I, so I'm kind of switching the pronouns, but it's still the same thing because I'm speaking, because Solomon was the one who wrote it down. Made gardens and parks for myself. Planted them, all kinds of fruit trees. I made ponds of water for myself. Then he had workers. Back then they were called slaves out there, so I don't want to offend no one that's still blind and still looking, living according to the flesh and make it offended with the word slavery out there. It's a slave. So basically they're servants back then. It's the same thing, only how they're treated. We're not looking at uh, collected silver and gold. Big bank accounts is the would be the uh, application for today. All the way down to verse number 11 in chapter 2. Thus I considered all my activities which my hands had done and the labor which I had exerted. <clears throat> and behold, all was vanity and striving after wind and there was no profit under the sun. He realized eventually that was like that man Solomon was... At the time, the wisest and the wealthiest man and king around. But he foolishly left God and he got foreign wives, which means wives that were not believers. Wives that were not of it. Back then, believers were all Jews. They were all Israel. Um, and those that accepted that, uh, we call them denominations today. The next fallacy is education. Little quote from a, make sure I'm in the right order here. Okay. Um, one catch about education. 
the young person, which usually when it starts schooling, and well culture, uh, cultivated, is going to die and take all that education with him or her down into the grave. Another aspect of education was we develop our brains so that we can speak with cultural accent. You know, that's pretty much another take of Tozer's look at education. In other words, so we can even most, most all seminary schooling today is so we can, uh, edify and, uh, e- <laughs> Uh, articulate with an uh, edificational excellence. Why don't we just know God, learn His voice, and speak what we know and hear? The book of Acts had several quotes. John and Peter, when they were questioned by um, the government and the religious authorities, Actually, religious authorities have a question about it. Actually, now that I think about it. Uh, when they say, why are you speaking like that? Peter answered, they both answered and says, we speak what we know and hear. Do you know God? Are you hearing his voice? You're learning to hear his voice clearly. That's what we speak. What he tells us is what we speak. How does he speak? He speaks through the Holy Spirit. Through Jesus Christ. He only speaks what Jesus said. Doesn't speak twisting. Well let me see what Ecclesiastes chapter 1 has to say. Regarding education. Uh, Pretty much starts right around verse 16. I said to myself again. This is Solomon writing it down. Behold I am magnified in increased wisdom. More than all who were over Jerusalem. Sitting in the car here. Then all who over Jerusalem before me in my mind was, has observed a wealth of wisdom and knowledge, and I set my mind to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I realized that this also is striving after wind, because in much wisdom there is much grief, and increasing knowledge results in increasing pain. So again, what are we, to, are we only increasing in degrees, um, just to increase our brain? Do we really think we're going to increase our brains? Our brains are only finite. Why don't we just listen to Almighty God and learn about Him whose wisdom and brain capacity is infinite, has no end. God's in heaven. We are on the earth. He knows everything. He is everything. He is all everything. So we just trust in Him. Let's see. The pleasures and thrills of life. Probably going to combine them. Tozer's tech is... um, Neither are we here to just enjoy ourselves. It's not that Christianity is not fun. By uh, following Jesus is not fun. It most certainly is. Um, but what kind of fun are we doing? We go out and drink every night out there and enjoy wine. 
two, uh, Ecclesiastes 2, 3, I explored with my mind how to stimulate my body with wine while my mind was guiding me wisely and how to take hold of folly until I could see what good there is for the sons of men to do under heaven for heaven the few years of their lives. Kind of mix it a little bit there. Uh, places are another aspect of it from Tozer's quotes: the fallacy about the pleasures of life. Interesting, the pleasures of life quotes come from uh, a quote from uh, Epicurus. I think he was a uh, a Greek uh, writer, I believe. I don't remember. I don't know if yeah. I've been out of school almost forty years now. Yes, I'm old, okay? Been out of high school almost 39 years this year. Woo-hoo! 40 years next year. Boy, am I getting old. Gotta stop looking in the mirror. Um, pleasure is the end of all things. Pleasure of friendship, beauty of lit- literature and poetry and music and art. The noble pleasures of a good conscious we were born to enjoy life. The fallacy, joys and pleasures all pass away. Suicide, etc. is the result of a life based on the pleasures of life without real purpose of existence. Again, our purpose is to know God and to grow in the wisdom and knowledge of who He is and to follow Him and to listen to Him, to go His way. Look at, again, all Ecclesiastes. That's what the pleasures of life is. I mean, he pretty much did everything he wanted out there. There's a time for everything. If you're just working to just run around and look at these temporary, uh, overpriced, uh, like the Statue of Liberty or the Grand Canyon just to see stuff or even to go around the world and see the seven wonders of the world. What is that? You want to see that? I want to know God. And and I want other people to know God personally and intimately. So again, what are you striving after? And another one that's closely related is, No, are we here for the thrills of life? That one's kind of, can be a little confusing. Uh, misconception of the purpose of life. Boy, my handwriting sucks, you know. I think that's what I need to type. Based on what produces a thrill. What does produce a thrill? Is it just opening your Bible and getting in a prayer and going into the throne room of God? And know, to know God better? To know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? The one you're going to spend your eternity? To know who will be your husband? Our husband? And we will go from the bride to being the wife. Uh, because by the way, you're not, once you're married, you're no longer a bride, fool. Stop using that foolish term. A bride is before the wedding. A wife is after the wedding. That's not looking at it flesh-wise out there, you know, so don't get freaked out like that. Or are you just trying to get a temporary thrill? We know what kind of thrills are out there, and some of those thrills can lead to a baby. Um, outside of wedlock, too. What kind of thrills are you actually looking for? Wine can bring a thrill, too. Those who do such will either... These are ones, another, continue on with a quote from the Tozer there, Brother Tozer. Either run down physically... 
or run down mentally until all ability to experience a thrill any anymore will die away. So again, this you know, spirit of life. Yeah. Are you living to know there's a nice quote that's the only goal that needs to be set once we come to legitimately come to Jesus Christ. Oops, too far. Should have had some bookmarks there. Sorry about that. Going over to Philippians chapter 3. I ain't there yet. If you're listening to this and you're there before me, just say amen. You can pat yourself on the back. Okay, now let it go. Uh, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upper call of God in Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard, this is verse 13, do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. That should be the standards to know God. Remember, again, we're going to go, I'm going to end where I started. Um, John 17, 3. Let me read exactly his here there. Because God has uh, blessed me to teach some of y'all to always look to God, always look to His Word. That's what I tried to show when we were being tempted by uh, somebody that had fallen into uh, deceptive uh, and fleshly-based teaching. Uh, when, remember, some of y'all, when uh, you would come to me and ask if it was real or not, instead of me just giving an opinion, what did I do? I opened up the Scriptures I says, let's go look at and read the verse and the context of it too. This is Jesus' final prayer before he went to the cross for me and for you. It's to know him. See, religion don't want to teach us. They want you to just keep coming and give your money out there. Um, And yeah, we are to give money to the church for being fed. But if we're no longer being fed there, then ask God where he wants you to be. He does want you to be in a fellowship, in a, in a church-like atmosphere. But he also wants us to be intimately. That church cannot and will not thrive unless every single member of that church individually is also growing in the Lord Jesus Christ. If one is becomes if one of us becomes stumbling and are growing and the others are just letting that one just wrangle aside, they are in disobedience as well as the one that's stumbling and not growing. They need to find out why that person is stumbling. What caused them to stumble and go help them. Um, that was somebody's gonna need to hear this. Um so the exact quote from uh, John seventeen three is, This is eternal life, that they may know you. This is Jesus t- talking to the Father in front of his disciples. The only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Now here's Jesus' testimony. I glorified you on the earth, having accomplished the work which you have given me to do. Will you be able to say that when you get to heaven? I'm trusting you're a believer. If you're not yet a believer, just call on the name of Jesus. It's simple. Religion makes it hard. Well, first you got to do this. You got to put on a suit and this and that. Man, you don't know that. You can do it. You don't even have to go into a church building. 
call a man of God if you're a man or a woman of God if you're a woman out there and go to breakfast, lunch, or dinner, depending on the schedule, uh, or even coffee and sit down and make sure that believer opens up the word of God and shows you the different scriptures and points Jesus and opens, allows the Holy Spirit to open up the scriptures for you and reveal who Jesus is and our need for him. That's our greatest and our sole need is for the work in the namesake of Jesus Christ. Romans 10, 9 and 10, 10. You just have to call upon Jesus. Tell him that we need him. Say we are sinners. We want it for him. We don't know him. We want to get right with him. He's the only one that gets his right. We don't do it. No pastor, no priest, no none of them can do it. He's the only one that gets his right with him. We are Christian, true Christians are his ambassadors. It's not about denominations. It's about knowing God. So again, are you still just going after the uh, work to have things? Or education so you can have better work to have more things? Or just working to just go look at everything on this earth that you just looked at. The Statue of Liberty, um, the the Louvre, the Clark Art Museum. Sorry, that's where I grew up. Uh, the museums, I don't even what the museums of Charlotte are actually. That's bad. The Nashcar Museum. That's if you're redneck. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I had to throw the humor out there. No problem. Uh, actually, I've never seen it. It wasn't built when I left. When it was signed apart. You want to go see a big building, a big architecture building. What is that? Or just the thrills of life. Woo woo, I want to be able to body surf out there when I'm young. Not me, I can't swim well. I says, you know, I want to go swing the English Channel. Yeah. You go ahead, I don't want to do that. Uh, but some want to do that. Or climb the Himalayas. Or Mount Everest or whatever. What is that? What is that knowing Jesus Christ? Growing, knowing him intimately is our first goal. And then listening to his voice and let him send you out and tell others so others can experience that. Everything that you just described is going away. It's all going to be burnt up. Every mountain's going back into the sea. A statue of liberty, you can't preserve it. You can put guards all the way around it. Boom! Those guys don't know Jesus Christ. They'll go with it. It's all going to be flattened. Everything we see in your overpriced house is going to be gone. The elements is going to melt, as it says in Peter. So why are we wasting our money on this like stuff like that? God did not send come down in Jesus Christ. Just so we can have a big house. So we can enjoy the thrills of life. Came down to reconcile us to himself. And he reconciles us through each other. So again, what are you living for? Do you know God personally? And are you do but if you're living just for work, just for education, just for Genesis chapter three focuses it on that. First John chapter two, starting fifteen. 
is what Satan wants us to do. Just focus on basically these four things. These four areas. The lust of our eyes, the lust of our flesh, um, and the pride of life. They're all related. Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 1. Luke chapter 4. Is Satan trying to tempt Jesus? <laughs> Jesus was 100% God and 100% man. He was the only perfect human being to walk on this earth for the three or three years. Always had from Genesis all the way to Revelation. He's the only perfect. But he was fully God. And per- there are false teachers out there that says, oh, while he was, you know, for the three or three years while he was man, he wasn't God. That's a demonic lie. There's no evidence. There's no nothing written in this word. That's a lie straight from Satan himself. He was fully God and fully man. The only way he could have done those miracles. He's still healing today. He still wants to heal him today if we believe in him. But we, we've talked ourselves out of it and we've stopped believing in him. We start walking by faith. We start walk. We return to walking according to the flesh. That's what education is. It tells us how to walk according to our flesh. Now, there's a purpose for education. I'm not denouncing education. I'm definitely I'm not denouncing work. Don't go and try and steal overtime from your employer. Overtime is only a blessing when you're helping other the team out. To cover so they're not overburdened while somebody's on vacation or away or you're short-handed. Overtime is not just so you can take a job that can be done in roughly four to six or seven or eight hours and turn it into a job that you claim takes ten hours. That's stealing. That's being a bad steward before God. And that will, unless we repent of it, when we do that, will not lead us to heaven because it's sin. Unrepented sin, we don't do. David could not have lived long in that sin. But because he had a heart after God, it only took God sending Nathan to him to remind him, that he was walking in sin. He was no longer here from God. The Bible was clear on that. His prayers weren't getting heard. And he was going deeper and deeper away from that. Till God. His stomach block was Nathan. As soon as Nathan brought to his attention. He repented. He said, oh my. I sinned against God. You know he did it right off the bat. But became so clouded. We all need that brother or that brother. The sister sent by the in the power of the Holy Spirit by the Lord Jesus Christ to come in and show us. Oops, we stumble. We all will stumble as long as we're in these fleshy bodies until Jesus calls us home, either takes us home at death, uh, physical death, or comes in the rapture, which is soon. How soon? I don't know. Jesus says, only the Father knows. They're one. Does he know? Does he not know? He said he didn't. He's still God. We're not going to question that because we know he's God. So again, 
What are you living for? What are you teaching others? Are you teaching others how to seek education? Seek this. Have the big house. Do the thrills of life. Do the pleasures of life. Because you yourself are doing it. You're leading people astray. We are warned in God's word. That when we cause another to stumble. It would be better that we were never born. So we need to cease right now and stop until we get right, until we know God. We cannot teach others about Jesus Christ until we know Him personally and intimately and are growing in that. Is every moment going to be growing? No. We could get physically ill. We could wear ourselves out. We could need a rest. God will take us away somewhere. Oh, He'll give us a rest. He knows how to put us down. Till we move whatever's in our life that is harmful, that is drawing us away from Him, He will remove it. He doesn't. He doesn't do it because He hates us. He don't want to have stuff. He does it to save our lives, to get our attention, to get us back on track when we wander away. He doesn't. So again, He doesn't do us. It's like a parent. If you're getting, if for a child, if they're getting ready to grab something that's deadly, a true parent, a loving parent will take that dangerous thing out of our hands. If our parents never did that. Well, our parents didn't know how to love and didn't love us. They just has, here, here's 20 bucks. Go do whatever you want. That's not a parent that's love, but they probably never were taught. One, who God is. And two, they they were never taught how to love. Jesus' way. But if you just talk about love, the love, you're going to speak truth. Always. You're going to refute the lies. Is everybody going to receive the truth? No. Pilate didn't. The Pharisees, the religious leaders themselves, were teachers of lies. They twisted the truth and they wandered away because they didn't know it. Now, we can clearly look at the book of Acts and it says some of the priests um, were getting saved. We're getting right with God. So, were some of those Pharisees that uh, pronounced Jesus guilty? By the way, that wasn't Pilate to pronounce that. He was forced that. Pilate was willing to let him go. Anybody that teaches different doesn't know God through Jesus Christ has been teaching wrong. If you're not teaching, if any minister, any teacher of the scriptures that only grabs one scripture and just makes the teaching around that one, you're an idiot. You're foolish. Okay, I'm bold. Um, you don't even know Jesus Christ yourself. You got to look at the whole counsel of God. The whole counsel of God means Genesis through Revelation. You got to look at and listen to what God is saying throughout. Before we can even teach, we got to go look and see what God said in other context areas to find, to understand what He meant. Again, we're doing the whole thing listening. Do you think I had any talent, any skill of myself? To teach you guys in the sixth grade class at Central? No. God was already teaching me and already taught me. I spent all week 
after work. Couple out. I can't say how many hours. Sometimes longer, some more short. He's the one who gave me each lesson and expounded it right out. Trouble is, he was dealing with a vessel that was weak out there in my own strength. And sometimes he changed it up by the time I got to Sunday morning. So, again, who are you serving? You're serving your work, the things of life. You're serving the pleasures of life, the thrills of life. Are you serving education to get somebody else rich? That, per- that teacher's probably never even worked the job that they teach. I said probably, not necessarily. Just something to think about today. Love y'all.